Hi, this is Dominique Lawson of Owls LLC, and I'm hanging out with Ina Esco in the Verbally Effective Podcast. Hey, this is Christina McCarter with City Tasting Tours, where you can fall in love with the city one plate at a time. I'm here at Verbally Effective Podcast with Ina Esco. podcast with one of my iHeartMedia family members, Mr. Adrian A.G. Granderson. How you doing? Fantastic. How are Fantastic. you? Fantastic. I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me and coming Thanks. down to this establishment. Yes, I'm so happy because we like to hang out at the weekend. You know, you're the hottest, newest spot in the city. Well, thank you. And I know you've been hearing that, right? I mean, I've heard rumblings. Yeah, it's rumbling, baby. You didn't kind of uh, cause some competition in the city, and I'm loving it. You know, I, I hear people say that, though. That's one thing that I'm, I don't see this competition. Every place that is open here, especially those that are black-owned places, mm-hmm. we are here to support, and we're here to be an additional choice, option. for Every place that is open, I'm supporting. I'm supporting them. Uh, the pocket, I'm supporting Sage, I'm supporting Love. Everybody has a different preference. Everybody can bounce around the places. I need for them to be there so we can continue to have these options. But you know what? The weekend has, re- has brought a new energy to the city. It has. And we love the location as well. Yeah, that was one thing that um, we actually came down looking for a location here. And um, we looked to it at a couple of locations and they just didn't have it. They were kind of a little bit further out, not that much, but... Um, this actually was an afterthought. Somebody said, oh, I think I know this building downtown that may be available. And we were about to head back home, back to Nashville, where we all live. And uh, we walked in, and everybody was like, yep, this is, is it. it. This is it. What was it about this building? Um, and you know what? I, I wasn't. I never attended here when it was uh, Rayford's Hollywood Disco, so I didn't have the nostalgia of it to lean back on. I just liked where it was. I mean, I'm in a stone's throw from FedEx Forms. You got the... Uh, Civil Rights Museum that's right there. I can stand on that corner and see both on the corner of Vance and Mulberry and see both of those miners two streets over or so from Bill Street yeah. two three streets. so it was just it was just perfect. A, a, a perfect place and yeah. coming from Nashville there's not that many places this close to the center of downtown that you can get your hands on and um, so it was just a, a remarkable find you know, we're going to talk a lot about the weekend. Oh, we are. A little later in the pod. But we got to start at the beginning, as we always do. Now, what people don't know is you have, like, over 20 years in the nonprofit sector and the entertainment industry. You have started so many businesses. and Crazy. Crazy. You know what? You got to be crazy. Crazy. To do something like that. But that's still genius, right? Yeah. Well, that's... The hope that toward the end that <laughs> someone would say, you know, that guy was a genius. He kept starting these businesses, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's um, it's better than the alternative to me. The alternative yeah. being um, in a position to let somebody um, determine your worth, determine your path, determine how you can, you know, feed your family. Exactly. Uh, I, I just never wanted to put myself in a position where. Someone else said, I, I did that once before, and it didn't work out well. So I, I really realized very early on that I never want to be in that position. So what I do with the radio station now, uh, I do because I want to, not because I have to. Exactly, yeah. exactly. 
Exactly. Now, you're originally from Nashville? From Memphis. You're from Memphis. I'm originally from what Memphis. What part of Memphis are you from? I'm from northeast Memphis, so I grew up in the Kingsbury area. Okay. I went to White Station. I graduated from White Station High School. Okay. So, yeah. okay, I don't know why. I was thinking Nashville, um, Nashville. No, no, but, okay, I'm, you are I'm, deeply rooted I'm, here. I'm from here, yes. All of my, okay. not all of, but, yes, I have a lot of family here. Okay. Um, I went to Springdale Magnet, Jackson to Hollywood. That's where I went for kindergarten. Went to uh, Macon Elementary over in the Berkeley area for uh, elementary, and then White Station Junior High and High School. Um, okay. Graduated from White Station. Yeah. So what happened after White Station? TSU. Oh, party, party. Tennessee. Now, well, it wasn't that for me. I, it, well, it got to be that for me, but mm -hmm. that wasn't the reason. Nashville was far, was not home, but still close enough to home. Right. Um, you know, I could come here and get here in two and a half, three hours. Um, I could come back sort of as often as I wanted to, but I was still not at home. So it was cool. It was a perfect place. Perfect place to learn all the cool things about being a teen and into your 20s and into yeah. your 30s for me. So um, um, I, lo I loved TSU. I love TSU now. I love Nashville. I love what was your major? Speech communication and theater. Okay. Although I tell people all the time, especially the kids that I speak to, you don't need to major in radio to right. be on the radio. Major in business, major in mechanical engineering if that's what you want to. You can minor in it. It doesn't take a college degree to do this part, but I did. So I was doing some plays and other stuff like that too, so um, I like the arts. Yes, I do Not too. musically inclined whatsoever, <laughs> and I play an instrument. Okay. And so you like the arts. Did you? What were you hoping to be while studying at TSU? Um, you know, radio was definitely an attraction of mine, so... Um, I was invested in the radio program. It was just after getting out and after doing radio for a year or two, you realize you don't need a degree to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I still could have done that, the same thing I did, and still ma and majored in business and really found out more about the business side of radio yeah. or the business side of music or whatever. So that's just all. I, I say you can always minor in it, still do your um, uh, internships at radio stations mm -hmm. and things like that, but I don't think you necessarily need to major that's in, true. In, in radio. But, uh, you know, that was it. I wanted to, um, I was uh, MCing at the clubs. I was working telemarketing jobs. Mm -hmm. I was uh, um, volunteering for a nonprofit that I eventually ended up running for several yeah. years. And um, so I stayed busy. Stayed okay. busy. So, how did you actually begin your career in radio? How did it start? It was an internship. So it started as an internship with uh, the radio station. It's called 92Q. Well, let me go back. TSU has a class in the radio and television broadcasting that's called, uh, that's, um, it's an internship class. You have to actually do an internship to get the credit to graduate. And um, Dr. Page was the professor. He actually, I believe, just retired last year, ironically enough. But um, I interned at the radio station. It's 92Q now. Um, also, uh, so my direct report, who was the program director, is uh, Jasmine, was Jasmine Sanders, who's okay. the, who's on the D.L. Hughley show, um, radio show, oh, so she was my pro promotions director that I answered to while I was there, and um, funny story, finished up my internship and uh, graduated from college, undergrad, May of 1998, and um, I went into the station that week, told the operations manager, Thank you. Walked in on like Wednesday. I was like, you know, thank you for 
my internship, had a great time. Thanks so much. I holla. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name is Jim Kennedy. Uh, um, great, great guy. Older white guy out of Atlanta. Cumulus is who was Dickey Brothers Broadcasting at the time, but then they ended up being purchased by Cumulus. And I remember, I'll never forget it, Jim said, um, he was, was getting diminutive white guy, he used to talk like this with his hands up. He said, well, AG, um, we enjoyed having you too. And um, so if you want to stay, uh, you can have the mix show on Saturday. I was like, oh, bet. So I, well, bet. So I'll see you next Saturday is what I said to him. And he was like, well, we need you to start this Saturday. I said, well, I graduate this Saturday, so I kind of want to go and hang out and kick it because I'm graduating college. It's a big deal. And he basically said, well, I guess you got a decision to make. So it was either go my first shot, first radio station, first gig, or celebrate my college graduation. And and so the shift was 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. So, needless to say, I, I chose radio that day. I know you did. And, uh, and I here know it you is, did. some oh, 21 years later. Mm-hmm. But you know what, AG, like you, I did the same thing. I interned like my senior year in college and was offered that type of shift, like a 10 p.m. Yeah. to 2 a.m. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know about all of the hard work and really Sacrifices. hazing sacrifice process that you have to go through in radio. So I ended up getting the Friday Night Mix show, too. So I'm 21 years old, and I have to work. And this was before voice tracking. Matter of fact, I was doing, so again, mix shows before all of the recording and all of that. So 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Friday and Saturday every week. Right. You locked in the station. I'm locked in the station. And, and like, people don't realize, like, I I literally missed out on about two, two really cool years of, of, of kicking it yeah that and so the after hour spots and all that that was the only place i had to go at you know three o'clock in the morning right. that i could that i could go hang out but again i wouldn't i wouldn't trade that experience for the world yeah it made me who i am i know it's a lot of grinding let's kind of stay on radio for a minute okay let's do that you've had so many roles yeah since your matter if i sip hey let's sip together there you go let's get it Mm. Scrumptious. That's what radio talk does to us. Scrumptious. It is. Yeah. So. Yeah, radio. So I have, um, when I first got there, I did nights. I did it for about two months <laughs> because I had another full-time job. Okay. And again, before voice tracking, I had to be there from 7 until midnight. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, nah. <laughs> um, uh, then they brought in uh, two DJs, the one of which is now uh, the program director. So he's now my boss, um, Dola White, up, up in Nashville. And um, so they brought Dola White and Scooby in. So they became nights. I moved to midday. So I did middays for about, thir- about 10 to 13 years, did middays. And um, during that time, I was also, or a portion of that time, I was also the promotion, the production director. So there was a point where I was the first person that they hired on the radio station when it turned on in 2001. So they didn't have much of any staff. It was me. And they didn't have much, we didn't have many jocks outside of when Dolan School came. So I was in there middle of the night. I literally used to get there about 6.30 sometime in the evenings and I would leave about 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and then have to be at my day job at 8 or 9 o'clock. But my voice was on the station 
just constantly because I was I was on seven days a week and I was doing all these commercials. But um, again, it gave me so much insight into how the race has run uh, runs. I was a sales associate for about two months. I did sales. You did sales and on air for about two months. Was that not a conflict? For about two months. <laughs> <laughs> for about two months. I almost entertained sales with our heart, but I didn't do it. For about two months. They had to cut that shut, huh? I did uh, public service, so I had to do the read. So FCC rules, you have to have a certain amount of hours of, of non-profit or um, community relations the information. PSA. So it's literally just sitting there reading this thing yeah. for like an hour, mm-hmm. about two months. A whole bunch of PSAs. They did have it for about two them. months. And uh, but yeah, I, but I never moved into the management side of things. I didn't. I never. I never wanted to. I, I didn't have the desire. I, I'm. I've been pretty clear. Like I never DJ DJ. I've, I, I I know how, but it was never like I'm really good about saying, nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a good trait to have. I'm really good about saying nah, and I I, I just never did. I mean, I was I was offered. The musical director before, and um, which could have led to other things, but it just it was it wasn't in my spirit. You know, it it's got to be in my spirit. It got to be in your spirit. spirit. I mean, what was it like? If I get into management, then I will have. I can't I, do this. If I get into management, then I'll probably be broke. That's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's probably what I would think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of our our employees. T. What's up, man? What's up, Dave? See, it's uh, it's earlier in the day, and we've got staff coming in already it's to okay. make sure that things get that things are where they need to be from when you guys come in here at five o'clock um, every day, Thursday through. No, commercial time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is. Come down to the weekend every Thursday through Saturday. I, I never wanted Y'all to have that radio voice. voice. I never wanted to have that voice. I remember people used to uh, when I was first started. I was again nineteen or so on the air, nineteen twenty, whatever it was, and, and my tag was it was holla at your boy. That was but it was big back then, and I never wanted to have that radio voice, so I never did all of that. <laughs> I can do it, but I never did it because I always wanted to sound like you know, Natural. like like your homeboy, like right. yeah, like yeah, this conversation. So I get people say it all the time. It's like your voice sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. It's it just how it sound. Okay, but I can do it. Now that sounds like the the producer at <laughs> my job right now. <laughs> but um, okay, so you've been working in radio for over twenty years. Yes. You never wanted to get into management because it would get into get in the way of other opportunities. Yeah, right? well, again, this is not something that I necessarily talked to somebody about and knew. It was just in my spirit. It was just I would have conflicts because I didn't want to be in a position that I have to be told what I could or could not do. Um, outside of this, outside of work, outside of this business. Um, so, and radio stations don't mess with them, with FCC and all of that. You know, you don't do payola, plugola, that's a big deal. And yeah. so, once you get into that side, it's hard to um, kind of differentiate for upper management between what you're doing because this is your job and what you're doing because this is your business. Um, so I just never wanted that conflict. So I, but I've done it on on the air. But the the I've probably spent more money with my with iHeartMedia than they paid me. Mm. So um, and I, I take pride in that. I take pride in saying that I'm I'm one hundred percent certain of that. That I've 
I've paid the, the station more than they than they've paid me. They, and this is talking about being an employee there for now eighteen years. Yeah, and but you truly believe in radio advertising. Oh, and I you do. know what it can do, do. for a business. I, I know what it can do and what it cannot do. Yeah. I, 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 it continues to change and evolve. And you know, people you now you've got a lot of people listening on the iHeartRadio app, and it's really really big right now. And um, but even radio is evolving because now iHeart just purchased a podcast company. So it's it's a lot of things that the, the the game is continuing to evolve, continue to change. I also know that this company does not know everything. They're changing and evolving with the times, and they have to adjust. We have to adjust. We have to adjust as as jocks. We have to blog. We have to post. We have to you know uh, say the right things. You got to hit these points. You got to hit these posts. You got to you know make sure you. Uh, running this line or a certain amount of time. So all of those things go into it. And because I'm behind there and I understand how it functions, I can determine whether something is a real, um, I feel like, to have a good grasp on whether something really is going to work on the radio side or do I need to go to television for this particular promotion? Do I need to just worry about the app only and not do the terrestrial radio? So it's, right. it's thinking about all those things. So many options yeah. now. Now, what do you think about people's perception of people that work on radio? Because over the years, uh, you know, a lot of people think that you're you're at the station all day working. You have all this money. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the perceptions that people place on us working yeah. in radio. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> they no. think you big I, money. I, I, well, I felt that way. So, but the personality persona has changed over time. Yeah. I mean, when I was here and uh, when I was in high school and Stan Bell was yeah. on the radio and there was no voice tracking so you you knew that people were actually sitting in the studio the salaries were better because people were actually in the studio hell literally tom joiner is the fly jock because Mm -hmm. dude literally flew from chicago to dallas every day every day every day like can you imagine that now now one person can be the jock can do one person can do middays and markets or more for or more and you know sitting in in one and so because that thing is evolving people's perception of who we are evolving but it also gives the jocks the ability to stretch their 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 reach so um you know if you're doing four different markets that's four different markets of people of influence that you begin to have on the especially on the social media side and things so thinking through all of that it just um because i'm not a big big social media person um and i can understand how that helps and 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 i i I get the whole rationale behind it i get monetizing it i get the brand equity that it creates for you in the marketplace to be able to be on that level it's just not something that that i necessarily focus on because i'm i really want to be kind of behind the scenes and working um working on businesses and in business that money Hopefully, yes. Yes, yes. Get that money. That money, baby. Now, since you mentioned social media, since <laughs> I've noticed. I, I follow you on social media. I do notice that you will post a lot about some social injustices that have yeah. been going on. Is that something that you're really passionate about? Uh, yeah, it, it is. It's um, you know, again, I was. 18, I would say 19, when I started volunteering heavily for the nonprofit that I ended up working for. And there was no one that told me that that's what I should do. I grew up in a single parent household, so I, I didn't um, grow up around, I grew up around 
black male role models, not my father. But I knew how important that was for me to be where I was to have those men in the church and my uncles and older cousins and stuff. So I started working with the group that were working with young black males. It was just because it was just the natural thing to do, in my opinion. When you see those injustices going on and you don't, you can't at least acknowledge that there's some shiggity going on. I mean, at least acknowledge that. Like, let's not make this social media thing all about what's so great or what you potentially think is so great happening. No, speak some truth about some bull that's happening. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it has to be spoken. Um, doesn't mean that I'm Sean King. It doesn't make me, huh, you know, well, he's, he's, you know, I, I, I applaud that brother putting his, um, you know, self in harm's way and family in harm's way and, and, and speaking truth to power. I think as a DJ, as a, as a jock, um, as a business owner, it's also my responsibility to, 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 to speak truthfully on how things are. I want to laugh. I want to play. I want to have a lot of fun. I want to joke around. I'm really, really silly. I'm very, very silly. I can tell. But I, I've got to speak some truth to power about some yeah. stuff that's just not right. Yeah, um, I noticed that you, you've made some posts, like I mentioned, but it, it's awesome when you're a personality and you have that platform and that reach to even speak on it on the air. Do yeah. you? Do you? Yeah. Oh, you yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no, because I am, I am the guy, now that I've been, I'm the old head. Mm -hmm. I'm the old head. I don't have, I'm not doing this because. I'm trying to get the girls. I'm not doing this because of the money. Certainly not. Um, I'm not doing this because I have some uh, uh, obligation into um, some obligation to, to not even. I don't think I have the obligation to the public. I have an obligation to myself to be who I am on the air. I don't want to be somewhat different. So when I'm sad, I'm not necessarily going to come off sad, but I may tell you why. Why? What's something that's bothering me? And I may give people a chance to call in if I'm really happy about something. Of course, I want to share that with you because if I'm going to be your homeboy and I'm going to be the dude that that you listen to, and then I've got people. I, had a, I did a visit to the school last year, and one of the kids, she said, um, introduced me. It was like, um, so this is the kids. It was just like a high school class. Hey kids, uh, this is AG from One on the Beat. They were like, oh. And then one of the girls said, my grandmama used to listen to you. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I have an obligation to that child, just like I had to a grandmother to speak yeah. truth and speak my truth. It doesn't mean you're going to agree with me all the time, but I'm going to speak my truth because I have this platform to do so. I also have a responsibility to not um, spout foolishness and, and, and innuendo like it's got to be based upon something but as long as it's based on my true belief I feel like I'm being as real and open and, and raw and honest to them as I can be and that's all you can ask for I feel like from a, my opinion from a jock you want them yeah. to be as real and as honest with you as, as they can be so at this time of the Verbally Effective Podcast with Mr. A.G., you know, he done hooked us up some new fruity, cutie drinks over here. Yes, with, with cherries. With cherries with inside the, and all these good fruit juices. Cherry bottom, that's right. <laughs> Not to be confused with apple bottom. We could get this at the weekend, right? Yeah, you can come on down here and get this out every Thursday through Sunday at 5 p.m. 
That'd be ours. Our different. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, but yeah, you can get this. But at this time, AG, I kind of want to talk about your involvement with the nonprofit sector. Yeah. So how did you get into? So started volunteering in, in um, college. Um, first of all, the group was the 100 black men. And um, I was drawn to the mission of the specific chapter, the Nashville chapter. Started volunteering uh, while I was at TSU. They stormed, started an organization called the Collegiate 100. Um, and it started in Nashville. It's now a nationwide initiative of the 100 Black Men of America, which is really cool. Um, so I was able to be the vice president of the second chapter ever, and now there's, like I said, some all over the place, all over the United States. But um, the mission was just to you know, work with young black males, and I, I really felt like that was something that I needed to do. I hadn't, didn't have all the answers, but hell, I also didn't uh, cause that many problems and, and with, with my mom, and, and I wanted to be able to pass down some of the knowledge that I had. So I started working there, and I started volunteering, and then uh, ended up, they asked me to come on board as a uh, part-time programs assistant that turned into full-time. The only thing they had for me when I graduated to keep me close was administrative assistant. So I became a secretary for a little while, then moved into a special projects coordinator because they knew I hated being a secretary. So found some more grant money. And then so that led into, led into, you know, um, kind of associate executive director, then executive director, which turned into president and CEO. So, um, but um, was really able to meet some, you know, being in the middle of those guys, you know, it's an organization of prominent black men that work with young black males and um, was with them. So basically started volunteering in 95 and I left in 2008. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What were some of the, the issues that you were seeing with young African-American males? Well, um, Barack Obama's book said, you know, the, the title was The Audacity of Hope. Um, that's really what I saw in young black males. It's like the reason why many of them were feeling the way that they felt and had the anger and frustration that we feel as African-American males a lot of times happened because we don't afford ourselves hope. You don't afford yourself hope. You just assume that because things are the way that they are, that they're supposed to be the way they are, and it's the way that they're going to continue to be. But when you start giving some hopeless people hope, and I think that's where a lot of the political um, issues that we have um, are really because people are hope selling. You know, these you got hope dealers out here, and the people that are trying to oppress you don't want, don't like hope dealers because the worst thing you can give somebody that you think you can hold their thumb down, uh, hold them down and oppress them is, is hope. Because if you give them that, you know, then they start thinking better of themselves. They start acting differently. They start appreciating things. They start um, um, testing the water. They start assuming that things can and will get better. That was the worst thing you could, you could do for somebody oppressed. Why didn't slave masters didn't want you to learn how to read? I don't want you to have the hope or, the, or even the desire to do any better than where I put you. Mm-hmm. So I felt like if I could help extend hope to these young males on a smaller scale, whether it's just, 
you know, I'm going to show you that you can do better in school. I'm going to show you that you can stay off the streets. I'm going to show you that you can be successful and get the same, make the same money that these drugs, these dope boys that you're seeing every day. The money you think they have, they really don't. It's not theirs. They out here spending re-up money. And they scared whether they're going to have their re-up money when it's time, but they out here balling. And it's just like, that's not the only way to get money. And wouldn't you like to get money and not be worried about things, you know, people tracking you down and, and um, having to look behind your back all the time. So that's really what, what it was about for me. It was about how much hope can I give these, these young men. And so over time, so I started with the group. Um, in 95, when I started volunteering, these young men were in about the 7th, 8th grade when I started working with them. Um, the gentleman that was the executive director at the time, who I still, he left like 98 or so, but I, we were still in contact. He just passed away two months ago. I still am in contact with, there was 22 boys that, that we started working with in 95 or so I still they're in their 30s now and they were at the funeral we hitting each other up on Instagram texting calling and letting you know so I I still have contact with those with those guys you know 25 years almost later I bet it feels good it absolutely does And, and there's no feeling there's no entrepreneurial success that you can have that's going to give you that same feeling there's no high that you're going to get that's going to give you that same feeling then knowing that you made a difference in the life of somebody where someone could have gone in a different direction but maybe because you gave them an encouraging word one day they didn't and so here we are and I, I can't be there's no work that I've done that I'm any more prouder than, than what I did when I was with the nonprofit. There's no radio guest, there's no person I can meet in LA at the BET Awards and all that that would ever give me the feeling that I get seeing eight or nine of those guys that I worked with in 1995 still walk around here with their head held high and still still doing something, knowing where they came from, the neighborhood that they came from, and 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 the hope that hopelessness that they had in some of those areas. So I'm proud of that. I'm proud of you for doing that. I applaud you for that because, okay. you know, some of us get this platform and we don't do anything like that. So yeah. I definitely applaud yeah. you for yeah. that. Now let's talk about all of the six businesses that let's you started six since 2010. Six businesses. What's going on? Tell me about these businesses. Crazy. Hey, crazy. Crazy. The audacity. Crazy like my daddy was. I don't I ain't even know the man. So no. It's, um, so... Our first business was called Jazz and Jokes. Oh. Jazz and Jokes was a music and comedy show. Uh, my cousin, Duran Howard, is a comedian. Mm-hmm. He um, did the show, lived in L.A., did the show, and came back and told me about it. It was like, hey, let's, you know, I know I've got the comics. You know the musicians in town. Let's, let's do this Jazz and Jokes event. So we did it for about four years at different venues. Then a venue came open. My business partners were still my business partners, Robert Higgins and Joe Johnson. We decided to... Um, collaborate to actually do a brick and mortar building, Jazz and Jokes. It was on the third, on um, at Third and Church in Nashville. Okay. It um, that's all we did was music and comedy every week. Hey, come out, come out and see, come out. Hey, want to see this comedian? <laughs> hey, want to see that? Hey, I got. And we we had um, a lot of great shows. We had everybody there from Chrisette Michelle to I don't know. I mean, gosh, Stokely. Um, oh. Uh, John Legend actually popped in and hopped on stage one day. Um, Layla Hathaway. I mean, you you name. We had 
a lot. And then on the comedy side, um, so Craig Robinson was my first Jazz and Jokes um, guest when we first started doing the show. So Craig Robinson, J.B. Smooth, you know, all the, I, J.B. Smooth and I um, rode my 90, what was it, my 89 Chevy Corsica <laughs> from Nashville to Birmingham to do a, I was doing stand-up at one time, too. This was Hopefully right in college. Yeah, I did. I, I sucked. The, um, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> we drove from Nashville to, to Huntsville to do a show at a Chinese buffet. No, yeah, I did. Yes, we did. They had yeah. a stage at the Chinese buffet, and yeah, me and JB Smooth, uh, we did something. <laughs> I got my whatever, $150 or whatever it was I got paid that night. I don't even know if it was that much to drive down there, but... A lot of the comics that are that are really doing well right now, I, I was blessed to have, um, you know, met them, hired them in some instances, um, you know. So you know, still got some good relationships out there. So that's been that's been a blessing too, because comedy is a, is very much so a passion of mine yes. too. Okay, and everybody um, loves comedy too. Yeah, everybody loves to laugh. You know, you you I miss it sometimes. We were open from as a brick and mortar building from 2010 to 2013. And I believe we were ahead of our time okay. in Nashville. Um, as you know, Nashville's been right. growing and growing. I think, uh, you know, last year we were doing 100 people a day. We're moving to, to Nashville. Um, I was ready to put the sign out, like, you know, we close, like, stop moving here. And, uh, <laughs> they but nice. they kept coming. And so where Nashville was in 2013, we closed. It was, it's a completely different place now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would do well, but um, rent is too damn high. Okay. So I don't know if we're gonna find another spot to, to, to do that. But I think it'd be it'd be great to come back again. A lot of great relationships. The thing was making money um, for everybody else, um, not so much for for us. And so it was just came a time to. Um, realized I just didn't want to continue in a cycle of, uh, you know, three years was enough to really not, um, again, it maintained, it made yeah. money, but it didn't make any money. You know, exactly. I wasn't in it to do that. So then we, op- so weekend in Nashville came about because at Jazz and Jokes, we did shows like a comedy show, I mean, like a, like a comedy club. We did two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday or something like that, where people were coming to Jazz and Jokes from somewhere, more than likely, or they were going to somewhere after the show. Mm-hmm. We tried a couple times to, after the last show, kind of have a DJ, but people didn't like to party where they went to a show for whatever reason. So we found a building down the street from from Jazz and Jokes and opened it up as it was weekend. And mm-hmm. so that was, in, that was at the beginning of 2013. We closed Jazz and Jokes at the end of 2013. And we've been rolling ever since. It was a very, very, um, it was a new concept. You know, it was so you had a, this bar that was kind of this lounge, but it was kind of clubby, but they didn't let this certain thing in. And at the beginning, we didn't even have DJs. We just played the playlist. It had, it, you know, so it was just really, really unique. And so people were really drawn to it. I think they still are, which is why we were able to, to, to bring that here. Um... So 2013, we opened that. 2014, we opened up a straight-up nightclub because people wanted to turn up. And weekend, is, is, it's, it's got the great energy, but we're not the turn-up spot. Okay. So we said, well, you want a burn-up spot? 
we'll build you a turnout spot. So that's what we did. We built, it was a really, really cool kind of Vegas style nightclub. The big lasers, the the smoke in the middle. What is it um, called? It was called Agenda. Agenda. It was called Agenda. It was called, okay. And we were, that was open from 2014 until 2019. Wow, these three year things, I don't know. That actually closed. It was not our fault. It was definitely making money, but the Nashville real estate market started booming. Mm. And the landlord wanted to get more than what we were paying, so they actually um, came up with the. Uh, it was just remarkably stupid. The, right. the, they really went into the lease, found a reason to kick us out, and they literally kicked us out, having not owe. I don't. We didn't owe them a nickel. We weren't destroying their they building. Yeah, they did it. But that's business, and that's another. You know, I'd rather learn that way than to have somebody walk in to me at my job and just say, you know, my wife didn't give me none last night. You know what? I don't like you. You need to, you know, you need to leave. Right. So, um, so that uh, we opened up a, but again, everything hadn't been roses. Again, we opened up a restaurant that was open for four months. Mm. Um, it just didn't do at all we wanted it to do. Not that people weren't coming. It just wasn't in the neighbor. The neighborhood hadn't turned over. We were trying to jump ahead of the curve in a neighborhood and make a really nice venue, which we did, but we were too far ahead. It was too much crime. People didn't want to come over there at, at night. We had a very small parking lot, so it only lasted four months. But, again, you adjust. We sold the business to somebody else and kind of made some of that back, so that was cool. Now we have a cocktail bar as well up in uh, Nashville called Minerva. Minerva Cocktail Bar, which does, like, craft cocktails and um, – no turn-up spot? It's, it's just, not a, a turn-up spot. That's, yeah, it's a bar bar. Now, okay. we do still do have DJ in there from time to time, but it's not a dance at all, not a turn-up spot. So, again, just crazy. Just keep yeah. doing it crazy. Like to sell liquor. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but uh, I still want to continue to um, uh, be a voice in the community on the radio. So, I still, aside from all, all that time, during all of those things, I've always been on the radio. So that, that's a plus, though, for you and your business partners because you're on air, you know. Yeah, yeah but, you know, I've, I think I've still I remained on air because I respect the line. Um, again, like I said, I've paid iHeartMedia more than I've made with iHeartMedia. Um, and that's not a humble brag or a brag. That's to say that I've been able to walk the line because I know and understand that I'm there to do a job that they're paying me for. And so I'm going to going to announce the things that I'm required to announce. I've, I've had to announce comp, you know, competitors, uh, live broadcasts. I'm a club, but another club has a live broadcast. I got to go through. I got to go hard on that because that's my yeah, job. And uh, I even though it's not paying me what I need to be paid to, um, you know, to, to feed family or anything like that, but I agreed to do a job, and I'm going right. to do that job the way that I, and I, that's how I choose to live my life. What, what are you doing when people aren't looking? You know, what are you doing? Because they're not listening to me 24-7, but no one's calling up saying, hey, he's on there saying, weekend, 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 weekend. I don't do that. Right. That's not, you know, you but 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 when I pay to say weekend, weekend, weekend. <laughs> you go, go in. Memphis, 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 Memphis. No. <laughs> it's, it's weekend all day, baby. Wow. Businessman AG. Weekend all day. That's right. Verbally effective with Ina Esco and AG. We are rolling again. Now we are on the patio of the beautiful Memphis weekend site. Yeah, yeah. We opened December 20th for good. We did a, we did a couple of soft openings and... Um, 
like I said, we're really enjoying the the hospitality the city is extending us right now. It was uh you know it was important for us that the second location be um, in Memphis in the in the the hometowns of um, of the three of us and our partners. So. So it was more about the hometowns. Um, well, yeah, that and the market makeup, the demographics of the city really fit well for the weekend concept, I believe. So it was, um, so a combination of those things, everything, you know, again, a lot of folks, we have a, we have huge ties, not only from being, from being here as, um, growing up here, but, you know, TSU, 80% Memphis, no, maybe not 80, but a large percentage of Memphis. So we've got a lot of friends who, um, with the TSU moved back home, so we knew we'd have you know a, a decent amount of support. But it's been it's been really overwhelming. Yeah, I've had quite an awesome time. Like I've probably been here maybe four times in those six weeks, but I've had a lovely time every time that I've been here. Well, thank you. Did you like your drinks? I love my drinks. You what wings? are you all putting in them drinks? Them drinks by actual liquor. How about actual that? Liquor. Actual liquor. Like if you come here for goose, you actually getting goose. I know. I know it's a hard thing to believe. Premium. Yes, you actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting, getting, you're getting, getting what you asked for. So, um, we are now. We just rolled out hookah um, because we do hookah at the um, venue in Nashville, and and we wanted to make sure it was right and that everything else was working well before this. So we just uh, launched hookah, and that went well um, on Thursday and then oh, to, to yesterday. Oh, just literally launched hookah. Yeah. yeah oh, that's yeah, a good addition. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, because again, if you've been to the one up there, everyone's so used to having it, and uh, so it, it 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 was pretty good. Um, and uh, we're gonna keep on rolling now that our patio is kind of um, really um, where we want it to be, and we're ready for the spring and the summer, and getting folks out here on this patio. A lot of cigar smokers uh, looking forward to being out here on this patio. We're looking forward to having them here. Um, you know, Sunday, our, we do a really cool event called After Sun after Brunch, I'm sorry, every Sunday. And it's like, you know, people are big. They want to go to brunch after church. And then people want to know, well, what do I do after brunch? This, this, yeah, it's so coming. And so what we do is we put out cards. We put out board games. You can come here, play Scrabble, come and play Connect Four, play, play Tomp. Play, <laughs> play oh, spades, you know, and literally just, you know, you can watch some of the games that are on or, or, you know, have some mimosas and have some flatbread. So it's a really cool, just, just a timeless, chill out vibe. Again, a little old school, sitting in the dorms, you know, on Sunday with nothing to do. You just pull out some cards and you yeah. pull out some games. So that's just kind of what, what, what that's about. So just, just having fun being here. And I've spent more time in Memphis. 2017 until today that I probably have in probably 15 years total <laughs> just coming back here over and over again so I've been able right. to fall back in love with my city uh -huh. so you're coming to visit and make sure the operation is on the up and up so what are some of the things that you're noticing um, we'll call it the gone. up and up that's making well, no, it sound not like the up and up. yeah make it sound like we doing some shady no shit that, is, that is that's no. not where I'm going no, with that okay. but I know that <laughs> That you come in, you're probably the enforcer of the group. So. See that, and that's and that's the wrong way to get. No, I'm not. I'm not the boogeyman. You're not I, the boogeyman. But I I do come in, and I do because I'm here so limitedly. Mm -hmm. It may feel like to them that that's the case. It's just because when I come in for these two days, I am sort of saying, "Hey, 
pick stuff up off the floor, don't walk past it. Hey, make sure the sugar is all on, is on the entire rim when you're right. doing this margarita, when you're doing this lemon drop, whatever. Make sure this, this is salted all the way. Hey, make sure we're shaking these drinks up. I don't right. want them to have, you know, liquor on the top and fruit exactly. drink on the bottom. It's it's those types of things. Let's make sure we're tossing these wings completely. Let's not have some saucy and unsaucy wings. You know, just, but it's not because they don't, I'm not doing that in an effort to embarrass anybody. I'm not doing that. I, I want the quality of every, every time you walk through this door, I want you to receive the same quality. I say the same thing to them all the time, whether I'm in San Diego, Beijing, or Memphis, a Big Mac going to taste like a Big Mac. Exactly. Every time. The box is going to be the same. The sandwich is going to be the same. And I want weekend wings to be the same whether you're in Memphis or Nashville. I want that Tiger Blood drink to be the same whether you're Memphis or Nashville. Every time you come, all four times, I want that drink to taste just like that. And so we do a great job with training. I just want to be able to kind of say, hey, you know. And, and a, lot of a lot of it for me is just going around saying thank you and good job. I think that's a lost in a lot of people, especially in, in, in this business, in the service business, for the owners to walk around to employees and just say thank you. Because obviously I'm paying you, but at the same time you got to want to work here. and you got to want to do the things that I'm talking about when I'm not looking. Exactly. I think it's good, you know, with the frequency um, of you coming, you putting a different eye on the business. Yeah. Because they probably need that because the other Absolutely. owners aren't here, right? Absolutely. So we, we kind of make our ways kind of around. We have a really, really great general manager, uh, Daryl McCoy, and our, our um, assistant manager actually worked for us for four years in Nashville. So them two together, they really do a good job in, in keeping the keeping keeping the brand going and then with the owners, us coming in and out so frequently because one of us is generally here every weekend um so it's, we're able to keep a good pulse on the quality of the product and making sure that that comes out correctly and the quality of the product as far as the djs that are going on the stage the quality of the product as far as how the the venue looks aesthetically when you walk in we want to make sure that the lights are where they're supposed to be at the certain time that they're supposed to be the of uh, the ambiance the energy the vibe the experience all that has to be consistent with what people are used to in Nashville. So you got to constantly quality control, quality check, you know, those things. Yes, so you guys definitely brought a new energy to Memphis. Are you guys planning to open up in another city? Um, I want to get my money back first. No, no. <laughs> got to get that return. Oh, huh? man, I need, to, I need to cash a check or two. We are, we're working on, you know, the strategy around that, you know, Nashville seeing such a big boom and you're seeing a lot of businesses actually from Nashville coming here. Hattie B's was started in Nashville. You're going to have a Slim and Husky's um, uh, Birria, Pizza and Birria. They're going to be here very soon. Those are uh, our boys. We are one of our places. Minerva is right next door to them. We've known them from TSU and others. So it's it's really great being able to do this because that's, that's the thing that I want. Another part of being here in Memphis for me is coming back home and having everybody kind of say look we don't have to look at each other as you know competitors and that we're bumping heads we have the we have an opportunity to do something really great together here um and that's showing people how we can coexist and how we can help one another and, and that type of thing but the goal is you know definitely look at some other markets that are like memphis you know like you got birmingham you got atlanta on a larger scale but you got charlotte those folks that those cities that have a really good uh concentration of of African Americans that want to get out and have a great time and not have to worry about being the turn up 
you know, we want to have, again, great energy, great vibe, but I'm, I'm not a club, I'm not a nightclub, matter of fact, that's one of our mottos, we are, we're not a club, we are the weekend, we're not, we're not the club, we are the weekend, there's a difference, and, and you can have a great time, and have high energy, and have the right people in here, and still not be labeled as the club. And, and break that down even further, because when you say that, uh, does that mean people can come? No, you cannot dance. This is not a dance floor. Um, I need you to sit down and so, be cute. So people stand up. When you're at your booth and you stand up and you feel a song and you stand up and, you know, the ladies get that, get that hand in the air and, and, and get to moving like, yeah. Love that, okay. love that. Like twerking, that. not so much. No twerking. Like it's there. I want we we want to make this an environment where people feel like again, I can stand up, I can wave, I can groove in my seat, I can stand up and two step real quick because that's just you know because we're playing a certain song to give me that groove. But no, we we'll never have a dance floor. We're not a dance club. Um, not that we're again making you sit down, but there's just certain you know you know when you're getting out of hand. You know when somebody started backing it up and, and you know dropping it and all that that's that's a bit much but we definitely want you to feel the music and to feel the vibe I tell people we're kind of like this hybrid we're um, uh, part restaurant part bar part lounge and part nightclub and so we're this 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 hybrid kind of amalgamation of all those things you threw them up in the air and whatever fell it's kind of like okay we're gonna pick up these pieces and and we're gonna be weekend so for us we try to keep that balance I say if you take those four things we're 25 percent of each one of them but I look at it and I'm a visual guy so I look at it like how do I make sure that those things stay level when any of them become askew at any point you're not weekend you become something else so if I if nightclub goes down here and the restaurant goes up that's not really that's not weekend I'm I'm here and so I've got to always be looking at how those things move on this on their perspective spectrum. I like that a hybrid I really would say that your your venue is a hybrid mm -hmm. and it's a really beautiful spot to visit well, thank you. Even when you guys first came to Memphis, you know, Memphis is kind of a, a different city. I know you, I know you grew up here, yeah. but um, as far as, like, opening venues, like African-Americans opening venues, especially in this part of the city, mm -hmm. was that an easy process for you guys? No, no. It, well, the getting the building, finding the building and getting the building was a relatively easy process, absolutely. Getting the building through the build out phase and then getting opened was did, did present some challenges um i also know there was neighbor there were neighbors around here um that were on the next door app you know talking um about articles that they read about things that happened like at weekend in nashville but again we've been there six years you look at our uh, you call the police department over there. They don't get calls about weekend. We stay in our lane. We have a great relationship with the police department over there. So they know that we'll call them if anything big happens. If it come down and something else, you know, something has happened, they know who to talk to. And, and we have cooperated with them. Same thing that we're trying to do here. The first thing, One of the first things we did when we came here was we had a, our first event that we had in here was a South Main District meet and greet just for the owners to have the people that lived in this community to be able to ask us whatever questions they wanted to ask us and they did and they, and and we felt really good and it's been a really good i feel like that really helped set the tone for for the people in the in that lived in this space um but um it was it did uh, take us took us about six months of, of build out time on a project that was really supposed to take about 
60 days. Wow. And um, so there were some challenges that came with all that. So I was, we were just really happy to have, fortunate to have um, some people that we knew um, to be able to call and kind of help us out there. So. Good. Now you guys are roll, rolling. The weekend is here. Is there anything that you want to tell the verbally effective audience about the weekend and what they can expect from the weekend going forward? Can I talk right into the camera? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> so what I expect is this, the, this is one of those um, uh, essay questions. So what I expect from the verbally effective podcast in the, Memphis area in the next 25 to 70 years is, no, I expect... Um, I hope that you guys know how much work we put into this facility and how bad we want to continue to be in this space and to make a difference in this city. And it's not even just about this. I have another couple things up my sleeve here and there that doesn't have anything to do with weekend or anything to do with alcohol per se. It's just there's so many um, um, places. You know, again, my mom still lives in the same house that I grew up in and and um, my aunts and uncles again, same houses they grew up in. So there are areas here, and having gone to Nashville and having seen the transformation that Nashville took in the last 10 to 15 years, I know that there's those type of opportunities here. So when I drive up and down Vance and I see these abandoned buildings and I see um, these open fields, you know, two blocks from the form, three blocks from from Bill Street, the question just becomes, you know, what can what can we do? I'm not trying to come here to shake up anything. I'm not trying to come here to show anybody the way or, or to move out of the way. Let me show you how to do this. It's just, no, what what can I do? That's the question I'm asking is what, what can we do to help, you know, um, um, make opportunities for other peoples? I love doing that too. That's why we've opened so many businesses. We have, we have funded plenty of households in the last couple of years and I'm fine with that I, I, I enjoy being an employer um, so I want to continue to see you know what are available opportunities here how can we bring some additional housing here how can we help renovate some of these um, abandoned buildings and use them for certain things you know that's that's what I'm looking forward to so got a couple things coming down the pipe that hopefully would be just an enhancement of what we already have here Okay. Well, you guys are well on your way to doing some of those enhancements. We really love your venue, AG. Uh, the weekend, you. we're coming. I, I know my producer, Sanai, comes about every weekend. So on the weekend. But we have a great time. Get that Tiger Blood, time. girl. That's her favorite drink. The Tiger Blood. Uh, we Come talk on about Memphis Tiger Blood. Okay, okay. Oh, what the message is, that's what the drink's <laughs> for. It's named after. Side, side piece. piece. That's, that's what it was. That's my side piece. That's my favorite. Oh, and it's side P E A C E, not so like side piece. I was I was trying. I tried because <laughs> we took hell and then when I named, I, I, at first I did name it the side piece and women was like uh uh I ain't got no side piece. But that's what drew me to it. Because, but see, I was thinking ahead. I was trying to help the fellas out. I was like, okay, what can we name this drink? And then all they have to do is walk up to a girl and say, hey, baby, how would you like a side piece? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. You thought that far ahead, huh? I did. <laughs> but it didn't work because we had to change it to P-E-A-C-E because I like it. they were like, uh-uh, I don't want no side piece. You That's know, my you favorite know, drink, the this, side piece. You know, when y'all get to this here. <laughs> <laughs> and then that finger stick up because you you moving it, but you still got that one finger up. I know no, I that was that. like okay, we got to change. That's universal. We got to change universal. that. Duh. Thanks 
so much, AZ, for coming to yes. the Verbally Effective Podcast. I really enjoyed you. Yes. And I would love for our team to work with you in the future on any projects you need us for. All right. I'm coming up with a new chicken flavor. Okay. So, um, I'm going to taste y'all. test. Yeah, we'll taste this, this new chicken flavor. <laughs> It's called chick. Uh, it's a, it's a, like a gumbo type of chicken flavor. No, I'm kidding. He is I'm so kidding. silly, guys. Now, it's, it's, it's really good. It's really good. Well, make sure you guys come and hang out at the weekend with AG and his business partners and just enjoy this beautiful, beautiful energy that they brought. It's a wrap up sign, by the way. I don't know if that's what Bye. <laughs>